is Casey Kasem, and we're going on with America's Top 40 today on this fine Saturday. It's American Top 40. I just always want to start the show like that. There you go. You did it. I just wanted to know if I could beat Casey Kasem. <laughs> See, you don't know Casey Kasem, Lucas, do you at all? No, I, I don't. No, think so, no, no. You're you would be. What He's was it? Still what on. was the guy? No. What was the guy? That, yeah, on the seventies channel. Radio. The, the Casey Kasem was replaced by what's the guy? The modern guy, Ryan Seacrest, kind of became the next Casey Kasem. But yep. Casey Kasem did America Top Forty countdown show every weekend, every Saturday. Yep. That's what you heard on your local radio station, Top mm -hmm. Forty, and it was Billboard's Top Forty hits, you know, mm -hmm. and they had Top Forty country, Top Forty this, but it was the top, top of the top. So, I mean, we all lived by. I mean, what was on that top ten list? Or if you didn't have the little disc, you went to your drugstore. Did you get your your drugstore? We went to our drugstore. Our my my dad's drugstore. They sold the little. They sold the little forty fives. Oh yeah, that's where you got them to. to no, we got wow. them at the record store. We didn't have a record store in Carothersville. We just went oh, to the drugstore. Had, had a little record. We didn't have a, we didn't have a mall in Carothersville. We had to go to Memphis. <laughs> but I always want to do that. We're on the dock with Pastor Troy. That's oh wrong show. On the dock with Pastor Troy. <laughs> You're the card thing. And what happened? <coughs> this is what happens to us at the end of eleven part series. Yes. We didn't do it all today. This is just the wrap up. This is what happened. Tell them that yeah. we're about conversation. To propel your faith out of the shells into the. This has been a Switch marvelous series. Yeah. What's that? What's your slide? Oh, oh, thank you so much. Out of the Did shot. you do something? Well, that's okay. We're trying to be professional. This is that was my executive <laughs> director in my ear. His ear is the the conversations propel your faith out of the shells into the deep end. You can watch us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonette. I wish Rumble would give us a deal like they're giving people today. Good Lord. Yeah. They're giving some deals to people. We don't get a deal. If you would hit subscribe, like, notify, and put down that you watch us on Rumble and YouTube and all that, we get a certain number, they would call Lucas and try to get a deal with us. Hit subscribe, like, notify, tell other people about us, and... Uh, we might be the next big thing. You can become a Patreon partner sponsor. Well, if you want to go to my Patreon site, check that out and go to onthedoc.org. Don't go to Casey Kasem, America Top 40. Don't, <laughs> don't go there and find out more about our show info. No, on the doc. If you'd like Casey Kasem's America Top 40, send us something on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, or Getter. I forgot to mention those. Those are our social media platforms. Did you grow up listening to those things? And where did you get your records? Send, send us an answer to that. We'll, we'll, we'll check some of those out. And you can go always email us at info at on the doc.org for more details. Got Mother Beth on the platform with us today at the Cottonwood table. Do you know what I saw while we were on break? What were we, what did you see? I saw a post on Facebook and my nephew got a, a new basset hound. Why do we care? <laughs> because they could they were trying to come up and put the name. Well, show it to the camera. I can't see it. And I they decided where's which camera is this it? This one. All the way over there. Yeah, just right yep. there. That? Yep. Yeah. The basset hound. Put your arm farther out. That helps. This is my, my okay. nephew's okay. new basset hound puppy. They couldn't decide what to name her, so they decided to name her Patty. Aww. Oh, <laughs> after your sister Patty. After we, my sister Patty. We love Patty. Oh, <laughs> that's why you care. That's why I care. Well, I care. Sorry, I had yeah. to share that. Lucas knows Patty. Yeah, I love Patty. Cute. We love yeah. Patty. All of us love Patty. Caleb loved Patty too, other than she said on his stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb yeah. built a big Connects uh, roller coaster. Huge one, room. very detailed. Days and days and days to build the thing, and then Patty sat on it in the middle of the night. She had one of her moments where she yeah. didn't know where she was sitting and sat on it. And he was so <laughs> upset. But Caleb loved Patty as much as anybody did. Yes, he took he did. good care of her. All of them did. Lucas is on stage with us. He's still got his green shirt on. Yep. I, you know what's good? Because I have my same black shirt on. 
Yeah. Every now and then I wear the short sleeve version, but Beth says I look better in the long sleeve, so I don't wear the long sleeve. No, I like the long, no, I like the short sleeve. No, you told me one time. No, I said the short sleeve's better because it breaks it up a little bit. Well, I'm not tan enough for that. When I get guns like Lucas, I'll go short sleeve. (laughs) I'm going to work on that for the next series. We were in here talking about, we're going to shoot some new ones, so just watch behind the Psalm series. We've got some fresh new stuff coming up. If we were outside walking like Lucas. Yeah, Lucas is always out. But Lucas walks in the middle of the night too, so I don't know how he gets tan in the middle of the night. He must have like tanning lights or something in his room or something. On the doc.org, check us out. We're on a Psalms Volume 2 series, Songs of the Soul, Message for the Heart. Season 2, Digging Deeper in the Word series, and we are at the round table. That's the walkaway uh, show here, part 11. We're just going to kind of pull it all together. Mother Beth Lucas, this is a free-floating conversation. We're going to waltz back through some of these real quick, just kind of throw up enough memory of it to kind of see what you can remember. And if you got something more, this is your last chance. Psalm 1, River Trees. We visited river trees. That's that defining first Psalm. You know, I'm not going to read all the Psalm, but the blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the ungodly. It talks about the godly man. And then it talks about what his delight is in. I love that. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he meditates day and night. So the godly person's a, a meditator of God's. I love the line that the river tree comes from. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water that brings forth its fruit in season. You I know, love that imagery. I do too. Yeah. Uh, whose leaf shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. But then we get to the ungodly, the other side. Mm. They're like the chaff, not the wheat, the chaff. That's the little hull. The chaff is that's what you get when you eat popcorn and you get that hull in your teeth. That <sighs> is that. the chaff. How many people hate the chaff of popcorn? Hey, yeah, hey, for sure. It's, it's the one so thing that makes, they make popcorn with low chaff or low, or lies lies, <laughs> lies. who said that josh josh coined josh. That lies. lies josh would do that when he's a young child they'd say something josh would go lies and they would be lies it's from some cartoon lies, lies. <laughs> therefore the ungodly shall stand not not stand in the judgment you won't stand there in the judgment you're sinners in the congregation of the righteous for the lord knows the ways of the righteous you know when we end with psalm 139 in the last show it's almost like a roundhouse to this because 139 was kind of, kind of, he works through the six verses and he comes down to the conclusion that I'm not going to try to run from God. I'm just going to know God knows everything. This Psalm 1 sets it all. It's a, it's, a lot of people think it's the introduction to the whole book of Psalms. And if you remember this graphic I put up, there's two people, two ways, two destinies. And everything in Psalms kind of, it, it, you come to that, what I call fork in the road, uh, that, that, uh, the faith choice. And, and, and God enjoy, God wants uh, to bless you. He wants, he wants to bless you. But I think the key is you are blessable because <laughs> you are a child of God. God created you for that purpose, but you, you must be blessable. You have to be willing. You, you, have, you, to have, you have to receive, you have to be open to receive. Yes. Yeah. I think it's about like posturing your heart towards it. Yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Lucas, that's so good. You I, come up with such good stuff. I, I, <laughs> no, the concept of posturing. It, that's good. We can stand or sit or lay how we want, but the, you choose the posture you want to take to that. And right. I think that's really good. Yeah. And whether you want to use an open posture to God and say, God, I'm really open to you or to your leading at least, or to your direction, you, you get to choose and whether you want to be close to God. And if you're, you're going to be close to God, then you're not going to get that water, the river of life that he wants to give you. But if you're open to it, it'll flow through you. Yeah. So yeah. That, that was Psalm 1. Now, Psalm 1 runs through everything we do. Psalm 2, uh, if you, one, one, of the, hey, one of the questions I had for Psalm 1, I, we talked about this in Psalm 1 because it's one of the few things I had notes on. Uh, we talked about the indulgences and, and that, that, that 
rooted and grounded in devotion and Bible life changes that. When, when we're rooted and grounded in Bible life and we're rooted and grounded in devotion, we stay regularly before the Lord. It seems like our soil that we're in naturally stays better. Because you, you can, some people say you got to put yourself in good soil or some people just say you you make the soil around you good. You, you got to pick. I think you have to make the soil around you good. So you, so you, you, you get saved and you are where you are. But you begin to read the Bible, you tithe, you begin to go to church, you begin to get worship music, and it's like putting the miracle grow and then putting the putting the the the, the uh, manure in the soil, and then you put the ammonium in the soil, and then you water it, and you maybe add a little bit of mulch to it, and next thing you know, what was really hard ground, and you got you sprouted out of, and probably some people would have died in that. There, see, the Bible shows that some people die real quick when they get saved. They sprout up and they burn away or they fall because the, the ground's not good. But is the good ground where you're at or is the good ground what you what you accept? Wow. Now, and maybe you are in really bad ground. Maybe you're, you, yeah, but you could be saved people, in a bad place and need to be transplanted. I, I buy that. Right. It's got to, ha- I mean, it has to have something to do with you because lots of people get saved in in the middle of bad situations and and and, and, and there and, and there may be places where yes i need to transform the soil around me into a god-fearing soul place or i may it may be so bad where i'm born again that i have to be tra- i have to say lord you have to take me out of this place right. and put me in a place that is going to be rich but there has to be opportunity there has he, to be opportunity. He, he does but you, opportunity. he does but you have to choose that i always wonder when i i, I say this as somebody that is ignorant and un, probably uninformed on these things but i always i see people being victimized in areas of the country and they live in areas where there's constant crime, constant victimization. And I, I, I understand people don't have all knowing resources, but if you're in, you don't have to stay where you are. You couldn't, you could move and be in other places. You don't have to be in a place where the cr- crime and the victimization and the danger is so high. You could live in a more remote area and there's a lot of little places in the country where the crime's a lot lower. And honestly, in the poverty level, if you come out of poverty level, your money would go farther there. Troy, did you ever, did you ever listen to Jim Rohn growing up? No. Uh, no. Well, he has a good quote. And he said, it's really short. He says, you are not a tree. God did not design you to be a tree. You can go anywhere you want. That's good. So he should be like a tree, though, but planted. But so you can be moved. You, you can, can move. So you, you're saying, but but you're not a tree. Be like a tree. Be li- that's a really be, good. Be, be, root, li- be rooted. Right. And if you need him. to move here to be better, then move here to be better. Yeah. So you may Isn't have to good? be a mobile tree. A mobile tree. A mobile tree. <laughs> in Jesus' name. I saw a picture of running trees the other day, oh. and they're like, like be a Lord of the Rings like, tree. Yeah. <laughs> I love those trees. Okay, the who psalm, the micro psalm, Psalm fifteen. That was the who may ascend uh, your your in, who may worship in your sanctuary, who may enter your holy hill. It's, it's the coming up. They want to come to the throne. They're asking themselves the question. And this was the micro one, the one we talked about. It had a lot more details, and it talked about you know those who are blameless and those who speak the truth. And if you can remember from this, that was where we got this paradigm. Um, you know. The question again was who may and who can enter. And then we had like three things you got to do to get in. And that was to live blameless, to do right, to speak the truth. And then we learned there were three things we should avoid. Don't be a gossiper. You're not going to get in. Don't hurt your neighbor. You're not love God, love your neighbor. You're not going to get in. Speak and don't speak evil of your friends. That means you're not really a good friend. So you're a liar. So, so you shouldn't, you should avoid those. And then it says be blameless. Don't despise 
don't despise flagrant sinners. Honor God's people and keep your promises even when they hurt. And then the two big no-nos were don't do usury to other believers, other brothers and sisters, uh-huh. and, and never be bribed to lie about your testimony. Uh, and, and we got real details there on what it means to really do the right thing. And, and really what it comes down to is, are we seeking what is right? Are we trying to get before God? Are we trying to do this with sincere hearts? And those who have sincere hearts and those who want to do the right things, those are the ones that are going to stand against for God. And and it, that whole Psalm 15 was like a modern version of the, the old course, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. It just talks a little more about the details. And and what I like about the micro is it gives us, I can give you those those things to strive for, the things to avoid, the things stably listen in, in the two big no-nos. Now, there's more no-nos and there's more things we probably should avoid and there's more things to, to help us. But these are core things. What are the two big no-nos? You, you, the no-nos were... No, I just want you to repeat. No usury. So don't charge interest to people that yeah. you're trying to help inside your family of faith, family of God, the tribes, and no bribes, meaning you tell the truth. If 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 you know so, if somebody's in trouble and you know the truth, you should... You should be a witness of what happened. And, it, and what I like about it, if you go read the actual original text on that in the in the Old Testament, it's not just like, say, say you saw somebody do something and then the cops come to your door and go, you know, hey, did you see anything? Well, I'm not saying, you know, loose lips sink ships, you know, here, st- snitches get sk- stitches. But you saw that the person was victimized. And so you choose just to stay uninvolved, but you know that they were wronged. The Bible says you're wrong if you don't volunteer that. You're as wrong as if you did it yourself mm. because you know the truth and you're not, you're, you're letting a brother or sister take a rap for something you know to be a lie. You are mm. honor bound as a Christian to go to the authorities and say, I saw what happened in that accident, that wreck, whatever. It was not that person's fault. Mm. And then if you get called as a witness, you cannot go like, well, if you give me 10 bucks, I will tell you give me a hundred bucks and your tickets to the, right. see the Steelers for the next year. That's a bribe. Uh, yeah. It's a bribe. Right. But bri- bribes included not just being bribed, but being bribed not to talk. Mm-hmm. So if you just stayed silent, well, yeah, you just you know lose lose you know don't answer the door. <coughs> it says those people will stand. They're just it's evil. I mean, just so so. In other words, if everybody would just tell the truth and do the right thing, gosh, wouldn't that be nice? Oh gosh, yeah. Psalm sixteen. I will not be shaken. We talked about the I will not be shaken psalm. That was a really good psalm. And I actually had some notes from it as well. It was the one that that says in the text here, let me show you. It's a mictum of David. A mictum was an atonement, something that covers for your sins. And this whole song is about David talking about the mictum that that he he needs God's covering. And we learned in, in that whole psalm that that God is our refuge. He, he is an absolute, he's a complete trust in the goodness. Uh, we can trust him. He's our defender is what we learned in that. And we also talked about how God is our absolute refuge. He, he and, and you know, that I thought that was wonderful. And, and so in this mictum, one of the things that we learned I, is that, that, you know, we have to have that moment where we decide we're going to let God cover. So let me read some of this Psalm. It was really good. Psalm 16. Keep me safe, O God, for I've come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes 
comes from you. <laughs> the godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. I will not take part in the sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of other gods. In other words, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm not going to participate in things in the culture today that we're going to be or dishonor you. So I'm going to do the right thing, and I'm not going to be a part of what's happening in his day, his woke day. We have a woke day. Every culture has a woke day. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do the right thing. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. I love that. My absolute refuge. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful. I don't need to cheat or connive. I don't need to work out a scam. You've got me. Mm -hmm. You've got me covered. You know, what a blessing inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I don't need to be shady. I don't need to do stuff at night. You've got me covered. I know the Lord is always with me. I shall not be shaken. I love that for he is right beside me. So, so he's, he's, he's got you covered. He means he's underneath. He's around you. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My blood rests in safety for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow the Holy one to rot in the grave. We, I mean, we can't, the grave won't, we won't escape him in the grave. And I talked about one episode in Psalm 139 that he knows us pre embryonic and he knows us all the way to the, to everlasting. Mm-hmm. Um, you will show me the way of life granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you. I mean, forever. In other words, God is just our ultimate refuge. That's what we learned. He's our mictum. He's our covering. So have you had your moment out there? I guess, I guess that would mean, are you covered by God? Cause if you haven't realized that God is your covering and you've not asked for that covering, he's not going to force it on you. Right. But the covering is more than a covering. It's an underneathing. <laughs> it's an all arounding. It's a it's a refuge. It's like going in a cave. Mm. So in God we have, uh, I think we talked about these when we did the show. Uh, good fellowship and good heritage and good counsel and good hope. God is a good God, and he and he just has great plans for us. So that's a good Psalm Psalm sixteen. So mm-hmm. the Mictum Psalm. Do you, are you covered by God? Psalm nineteen was the Rock of Ages song. The, the old song Rock of Ages left for me. We all know that one. And it basically is a psalm that just says, do we understand, uh, verse 1, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. Everything we see, all the beauty of what we see, displays the craftsmanship of him. So, so this whole psalm, day after day they continue to speak, night after night they make it known, they speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone through the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun it bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom. The whole Psalm that we read there in, in, in this study was amazing. Psalm 19 just tells us that, that God is in everything. And the whole Psalm 19 is that God reveals himself in creation. Mm-hmm. You don't even need somebody to tell you about Jesus to realize something out there is greater than we can explain. Yeah. It goes on in Psalm 19 though, when you get to verse seven to talk about we also see him in the scriptures. So for people that have never read the Bible, but then you 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 know about nature, then you read the Bible, you go, man, th- this explains a lot of that. Now the two are working together. And then finally, the last part of the Psalm 19 that we looked at was 12 through 13 and 14. You kind of in your heart also know there's got to be something more. I can't explain this. Mm-hmm. Scriptures helps me to see it. And now I see it as too wonderful for me to understand. That too wonderful for me to understand, that's God. Yeah. You know, and a lot of us think, and I, I talked about this in the episode, that some people are, are of the book of nature. They're naturalists. They say, I don't believe in the Bible. I'm a naturalist. Some people are into humanities. I'm a humanist. 
And then some of us are Bibleists. I'm a Bibleist. I believe the Bible is everything. I, I just want to say, I, I, think, I don't think being a Christian excludes you from being a naturalist or excludes you from being a humanitarian. I think you can be properly educated spiritually and use all these books together because God is revealed in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God is revealed in humanity. Yeah. And God is revealed and the lack of God is viewed <laughs> is viewed in humanity. Yeah. And the lack of God is viewed in how some people try to treat nature and what happens. Mm-hmm. You know? And 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 but but I think the Bible pulls all this together. And I think the key for us, and this is what I like about Psalm 19, is we gotta learn how to harmoniously live and understand that the God of creation and the God of the word and the God of my heart are the same God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wow. think a lot of people almost think that we have three different religions, secular humanism, uh, naturalist, and then Christian fanatics. And I, I don't think they're in combat I, I think they're they're in synergy. Well, they don't have to be. They in don't combat. have to be. Well, I think a lot of people treat them like. There's a lot of Christians out there that even think, well, you shouldn't talk about humanities. Well, truth is truth. If God is in, if if you deal with humanities right, you see what absolute evil is and what absolute righteousness is. You yes. see where what what goodness leads to. Just you just take a look at the, what was in the mind of Hitler and what was in the mind of a Napoleon and what was in the mind and you see what the result is and the, the brainwashing of children in, in Nazi Germany to do horrible things to our friend that we had on the show. Uh, what was her name? Um, gosh, Sandra. Was, Sandra. She tells you that young, young teenagers, young teenager kids were doing things to them, you know, as Nazi kids because they were brainwashed into a certain way. So humanities had taught them to do certain things overriding what the biblical wisdom said, but yet these same Nazi kids would have claimed to be religiously doing it from a humanitarian standpoint. Mm-hmm. They divorced it. It was crazy. And she said they were just kids and they were acting terrible. And then she was comparing what's happening today in our society to saying our kids today are being again brainwashed. They're being brainwashed that there's a divide and no, they actually coincide. You just got to see the Christ way to do it. You know, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. They're not two orders. They're one thing. Mm -hmm. And one's a reflection of how you love God. And the other is a reflection of how you love God. They're not two different things. Well, and being a good steward of nature is a reflection of God. God created all of the, they're, they're a nature of, of whether you us. really love. I mean, because to love is not just illustrative. It's an it, it's a it's a, a way. Right. You know, it's and, the and, way. And this is the way. This is a Mandalorian. <laughs> that's, we, we think that's great. This is the way. Is it, we, this is the way or it is the way? This, this is the way. This, this is, is the, the way. I like that. This is the way. This is the way. We want to use that more in church. We think that <laughs> we think that should go. Yeah. And there's another show, you know, praise him. You know. But okay. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Praise All him. right. Let's see. Okay. I gotta get this right. <laughs> we won't say it without it. No. <laughs> but I, I think the key that we learned in Psalm 19 is that God we see God in creation, we see God in scripture, we see God in the hearts of people. And those are not exclusive things. They should kind of begin to be woven together and become a part of the real life of God. Because all, there's an old hymn that we used to sing. I don't sing anymore. There's an old hymn called, This Is My Father's World. This is my father's world. You know, and we just realize the whole world's his. You got the whole world. 
innocent. You know, there's another yeah. one. You know, we, we often think those are bivocated into academic arenas that, that are separate now because the world tells us that God and academics must be separate. All the original academic monsters, all of them, Harvard, Duke, Yale, all those. Do you know that all those were religiously started academic places? So they all started from God. Wow. Today they've divorced themselves. Vanderbilt was Presbyterian, totally divorced from that now. Wow. You know, Duke, Methodist. You know, I go Harvard, you know, Yale. They all came from religion. They, they're all almost absent of any concept of God now because it would be an anathema. It would be, be totally opposed. But the thing is, they originally started from the concept that, that humanities and creation and scripture could coincide. And I think right. for us. And a lot of the um, really intelligent people that are like held up as, as humanists now, as the great humanists of our actually acknowledged God in a lot of, in, yes. in, in everything that they did, but people like to write that part out because they don't want us to know. Some of those people really were not And I think it's a scheme of the devil to keep us at is. odds with each other and it try is. to divide the world and split the world rather than see that we are the family of God. Right, that's part of yeah. the danger of changing history is... Absolutely. Psalm 24, the fifth one we did was the micro psalm, the macro psalm, is the Husam again, but it was just macro. Macro meaning very simple. Uh, the, the first one, micro had details, lots of them. The who's, the no mm -hmm. bribery, the no this. And, but in Psalm 24, we believe it was a little simpler question of who is fit to come into his presence. Because it starts with that same question. It, it starts with who may ascend the hill, who may stand in his holy presence. But it doesn't give like 20,000 things. It just says, those are clean hands and a pure heart. It, it really, it really gets simple because we, we, they were both entry Psalms, walk up Psalms to Jerusalem, but a lot of people think this Psalm was written more when the, the Ark was being brought back from battle. So it may be passing through and it's almost like people had to examine themselves quicker because it's like, Oh, the Ark's here. So I don't have time to go through all those checklists. So I just gonna go clean hands, pure heart, you know, yeah. if not run. <laughs> you know, you know, it was, but really, no, no, it was like a, a quicker way to examine yourself because the throne's coming through. Am I ready? If God were to knock on my door today, are my hands and heart good enough that he would go, well, you tried, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, God would say, hey, I, I see you trying. And I think when God sees us trying, he's very merciful. When he sees right. that we're trying to hide stuff, it's, it's not like good. You know, people come and try to hide stuff in the closet, close that door, you know, you know, God says, I know that's filthy, you know, but, but, but. Here, it's a little simpler, and the, we saw the three movements of this psalm were really nice. It, it, it was that it gives praise to the glory of creation, but it also gives praise to the glory of salvation, and it gives praise to the glory of the King of Kings. And so it just realizes that, that ultimately the one who we have to stand in front of ultimately and answer to is God and the throne of God, and we will have to ask the question, were our hands clean and our hearts pure? Yeah. And if they weren't, what did we do to fix that? How do we mitigate that? Were we sorry about it? Right. You know, and because every one of us, I love this, our shepherd, our Messiah, Psalm 24 declares that we will, we will come before the King of glory. Cause that's what the Psalm says. Come, he, you know, here comes the King of glory. Open up. You know, if he, if he comes through this door right now into our podcast room and he steps in, would we be able to say clean hands, pure hearts? Or would we say, right. you know, get away from me, away from me. I'm a man of unclean lips. You know, that's what it's in the Bible says that, you know, you know, we all, I guess the question that that Psalm asks us is who can come and stand before the Lord? And really none of us could, if it weren't for the work that Jesus did. 
right. the mercy of God, the grace of God. So, so none of us do it on our own, but, but all of us can acknowledge the fact that, that I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I'm probably still a sinner needing saved by grace. But hopefully I'm better today than yesterday and I'm closer to God than yesterday. And he sees that my heart is inclined to him and not away from him. Yeah. And I'm and maybe I'm still making ample mistakes, but hopefully it's seeing that I'm falling toward it. And and I, I think one of the things that we looked at is that we looked at in this uh, it talks about what in this this psalm that we were talking about, 24, it talks about the hands and the tongue and the heart. And I explained, I think, in that that the Hebrew understood as the hands as being action, the tongue being speech, and the heart being the organ of feeling. And what what we recently used that language is it wanted to say was, it's not a matter, are your hands just doing what they should be doing? Is your mouth just saying what it should be saying? Or is your heart just really doing it, but your hands aren't? You know, I really want to, God, but I can't because they're looking at me, you know? Or my hands are doing it, but I don't believe it. Or my tongue is saying it, but huh, I wish I wasn't here. Oh, Lord, I hate being here. You know, you're in your mind. But what he's saying here is that your action, your speech, and your feeling, all this needs to come together. And what they, they, the language is, you need to have integrity with God with your whole heart, a complete a complete relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So a, a real relationship that's that we talked a lot of in the series about being ashamed and shamed today and people trying to hide. Right. It, I think we can stand before God and God and, and we can, we can be repentant and sorrowful for the things we fall. But I don't think we have to be ashamed that, that we've made mistakes because God knows we made them. Right. I think what we have to be is thankful that God has allowed for my mistakes. Yeah. And 100%. I can be redeemed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and I think today we have a lot of Christians, I said in this when we did this, a lot of churches that try to walk in the presence of God as worshipers, but they're out of balance with the hand and the tongue and the heart thing. Yeah. A lot of churches too. And and, and what I loved about this, if you go back and look at the text, I love in the text, let me see if I can show you the, in the actual text here for those that are watching. It was in Psalm 24. He says finally that we're supposed to be a, um, verse six, of Psalm uh, 24, this is the Jacob generation, the, those who seek his seek him and who seek his face. So I, I asked this question, now I wanna throw it out here as we do this round table. Um, here it is, to be to be one of the Jacob generation is to be in the special covenant. It's to realize that, that I, I may have made a mistake in the past with my tongue or my hands have not been right, but today, Lord, I realize that that I'm a, I'm a child of Israel. You know, I'm a child of God. And it's to be found only in the ones who seek him. So it's not what I've done. It's what I'm trying to incline to and do today that makes the difference. I'm not caught in my sin, and nor will I be a future, will I be defined by my in my future by my sin. I would like to put my sin under the blood of Jesus and be defined by what the hand of God will do with me. Yeah. You know, a lot of people feel defined by what they've done. And they feel stuck in who they are. Mm-hmm. And they feel there's no way out. But the Jacob generation, for me, the Jacob generation are those people that become faithful. I use the term in our church as the mission statement is to make faithful followers of Christ or faithful followers of God. I think a lot of us don't understand that that who we've been does not define who we can become when we make ourselves a part of the Jacob generation. Right. Mm -hmm. But, But to be the Jacob generation, the tongue and the hand and the heart have to come into calibration. Yep. And it's when those come into calibration that you have clean hands and pure heart. And anything before that, there's a little bit of trash on. And it's not that God can't deal with the trash. 
it's he can't deal with you avoiding or denying the trash. Oh, okay. God's got the soap. That's good. Yeah. On the rope. Yeah. <laughs> soap on the rope. And he will let you have some more soap. And he will tote your sin on his rope. <laughs> no. Okay. I think, I think you lost me. I lost, I, I lost myself. My, my point is, myself. you just got to be, God will help you with it. Yeah. If you give it to him. And it's in the giving that you make him your Lord. And then he realizes that you're giving him providence. Yeah. Psalm 40, we talked about in number six, was about a wonderful psalm. It had multiple pieces to it. And it was the new song. It was all about having a new song in your heart. And we talked about it had four pieces where we wait on the Lord, where we, it was when David had a real challenging day and he had to wait. And then he got to witness what the Lord did for him. And then the Lord went to fight for him. And the next thing you know, he got to celebrate him. And, 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 and David shows us that God can be with you in the waiting, in the witnessing, in the warring and in the worshiping. And what I like about David is, is, is he tells us that even when you feel inconfident or unconfident, if you'll wait on the Lord and you'll trust in the Lord, you'll see the hand of the Lord. And what David did in this Psalm in Psalm 40, if you see it, he waited, I, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me. I waited on the Lord and the Lord leaned in to hold me and, and heard my cry. So the Lord, when, I, when David was in his worst day, Rather than run from God or hide it from God, he just sat down and told God what was on what was going on. Mm. And God reached in That's and good. grabbed a hold of him and set his feet on a rock and put a new song in his mouth. There was a confidence. And when when we sat down with God and just tell God what's wrong, there's a confidence, a stroke of confidence always in our situation that what we're saying is that we trust God. And that's what defines us as saints. Not that we're perfect, is that we trust God for the outcome. And, and it went on to finally, number two, David began, began to be a witness. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord, are your wonderful works. And, and David has this whole run here in Psalm 40 where he just, just, he witnesses, he witnesses, he witnesses. And David is not doing well here, but he, but he, he reads off a litany. I delight, verse eight, I delight to do your will, O God. And your law is with my heart. Number nine, I have proclaimed the good news of the righteous and the assembly. And indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O oh Lord. He's having a bad day, but he still declares his trust in the plan of God. Yeah. And what he's saying, what I love what he says here is, despite how bad his challenge is, he's saying I'm a child of God. Mm -hmm. and, and are we not privileged as children of God to have a God that will go before us? a God that loves us, a God that trusts us. So David in this bad moment is, is not only is he um, waiting on the Lord, but he's in the midst of the battle. He's going to say, the Lord's going to get me through. I told somebody today, we're, we're, we're working on changing a direction for our church and how we're going to relate to other churches and partners we have around the world. And, and you know, in the middle of this change, there, there's financial challenges for us as a church. And I said, I've really been looking at them and here's what the reality of the financial situation is. I was talking to one of our financial people and I said, yeah, it, it's rough, but I've got a plan through and they could see it. Yeah, you got a plan through, that's good. I said, but it's rough. I said, it's, it, we're borderline here. But I said, I've never been confused for a moment that God won't provide a way out of this. Mm -hmm. I said, I said, we're gonna, God wouldn't put us on this path. He wouldn't. I, I told him about that, I said, we're, we're gonna be amazed at what God's gonna do. And I said, just in the 30 days since I've acknowledged what God 
being patient with God for a year. And God said, hey, head this direction. Since I started heading that direction 30 days ago, the amount of resources God has sent has, <laughs> the person I talked to 30 days ago when I talked to him, there's a $30,000 variance of improvement in just one month to a better solution. And, and, and the person said, yeah, you, when you, when you talked to me in March, you were like, this is bad. And it was bad and it's still bad. But <laughs> I said, as we walk on God's plan, you can see God sending reinforcements, you know, well, if God's going to make a path, he's going to make a way to get down that path. So I, I mean, said, so how, I said, how can we not go toward May and see what he's going to send next month? Right. And I said, I'm, and I told him this, I said, I'm confident we'll get there. Or he wouldn't have started us on the journey. Right. It's of like course. the hobbits leaving on the journey. They don't have all the stuff when you're going to go, Right. you get it as you go. And it's not to, up to us to figure that out. God did not part the water for the priest until their toes hit the water. Yeah. Mm. He did not do it for Elisha. He didn't do it for Elisha. Not until their towel hit the water and their feet were going across the water's part. God sent the manna when they needed it daily. And he said, you know, he sent the quails when they griped about it and water when they, when they needed to speak at Alvarok. rock. Yep. He, he doesn't, I mean, we need to trust God. You don't have to strike the rock twice when he tells you just to speak to it. Oh. <laughs> you know? So I said, God's told us to go. We're going to go. Things are already looking up. And if he gave us too much, we'd probably sit down and celebrate and wouldn't go. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So we wouldn't trust God and it wouldn't be a thing of God. In the Bible, when God has Gideon with 32,000 soldiers going to fight a hundred and something thousand, you know, God says, I'm going to winnow this down because I mean, if everybody really killed three or four, y'all could win this thing and go, we did it. And right. so he, cut, he cuts it down to about 10,000 on one stroke, gets rid of 22,000. Those who feared could go. <coughs> and then God looks at it and go, well, 10 to a hundred and something thousand, 10 to one. It could still be said that every man killed 10. He says, let everybody have a drink. And then he, he kept 300 that lapped it. Got rid of 9,700. With 300, you're going to take on this whole army. <laughs> now, if you win this battle, <laughs> the battle's the Lord's. Yeah. The Lord does that to us sometimes, just so he can make it clear. You better cast your crown in my direction because I am the Lord alone. As yeah. Karen told me one time, get off the throne. The Lord needs his throne back. I heard that today, too. Wow. <laughs> I have heard that so much. Am I on his throne again? No, no, no. I've just heard it other places. I've heard other people referring well, to Well, I, I just think we, sometimes the Lord just gives us what we need so we can make sure we understand we're not in charge. He's in charge. Right. But I trust what I've heard, and what I heard is coming to pass. And if I quit hearing it come to pass, then let's back up and find out where we missed a turn. Yeah. Because you could miss a turn here or there. Sure. But I have found God's awful merciful. Well, yeah. If, if, your if you're tried. willing to follow his path, he's going to help you, you stay on you sit down it. patiently, what it says here is God is inclined, verse 1, to lean into you and help you out. Yeah, I like when you say, you know, if you feel like you lost the path to go back to the... Where you last heard God and sit down. Yeah, I like that. And if you don't know where that is, just sit down where you are. And, and he'll call, and it's honestly, like, it's like if you're a kid in the mall, I'm not saying God parents. will come to where you are, but I will say God will send somebody to rescue yeah. you and get you back. You know? Yeah. It's like if you're in the mall and you're a kid and you're, your parents, you lose them or you're supposed to just right stay where you're at. In Psalm 40, God, God, David celebrates. Finally, God wars for him and goes and fights the battle for him. And I love that. And then finally, uh, Psalm, uh, Psalm 40, verse 16, let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad and let such as love your salvation say continuously, the Lord be magnified. And finally, you just seeing him worship. And David's got this big challenge in his life. 
You know, he's got this magnificent challenge, but he he's able to show us, keep God in perspective. God can handle it. And in the middle of your battle, you know, be a witness, let God war, be a worshiper, and, and, and just trust that the God who got you through has a song to get you through. I really like that. And so yeah. I think we need to, I think the whole thing is just about being faithful and, and being consistently uh, pliable to the plan and will of God. Yeah. And that's what Psalm yeah. 40 was about. Psalm 42, part seven, was about being thirsty. <laughs> the thirsty Psalm, you know, it makes me, hang on, let me get a drink of this fine on the dock. <laughs> glass and that was the mass shield that was a psalm of teaching and understanding a psalm it was a psalm, are you thirsty for god and it was it was a good one that we did that's the deer as the as the deer longs to the streams of water yeah. so my soul i love that song. so so much I, i'm using the king james but as the deer longs for the streams of water uh so i long for you oh god this is actually new living but but as a deer panteth for the water so my soul longs after you that's so beautiful mm -hmm. i thirst for you god the living god who can i wh where can i go and stand before him this is about david uh, it was a song sung for David by the sons of Korah about his time. You know, uh, it, it was it was a psalm that was that was I told you guys was had a chorus in the hymn. So the, this is a verse, and then it, then the hymn he goes on, and then then there's a chorus that says, "Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in Him." It, it goes Psalm forty two and forty three go together here, and basically it's a psalm of David talking about a time when he was greatly discouraged, when he was run out of his own home by his son Absalom, who had betrayed him. Mm -hmm. And he was living on the other side. He was living on the other side of the Jordan and he was looking at this beautiful sky. Remember that? Yep. And he was he he couldn't see the beauty of it. He just longed to be back in Jerusalem, the crowded Jerusalem, on the top of that hill. He just wanted to be near the old tabernacle where the worship of God was taking place through the Levites. Mm -hmm. And he could see the, the the presence of the Shekinah of God with the flame burning uh by the Ark of the Covenant. And he left that to abandon that because God had, he felt God had run him out and Absalom had run him out. Wow. And he was asking, you know, you know, God, I, I just, I'm lonely and I'm, I'm thirsty. I can't be worshiping where I want to work. He didn't have that concept that we could worship just anywhere. He felt like he was like in isolation in in exile. And, and in the midst of his worst moment, he still put his hope in God. And he says, I will praise him. He does the hope course over and over again. Mm -hmm. I will put my hope in God. Do we do that when we're, when we feel like we're in exile? Are we able to, despite our situation, despite the loss of a child, despite the, the challenge of a broken love affair, despite the challenge of a financial crisis or a loss of an ability, or we, we lose a leg or we lose the ability to, to do our job because of a loss of hearing, or do we, are we able to do like David and sit down and say, I put my hope in God and I will praise him again, my son and my savior and my God. I mean, I mean, we've all, most of us have had, I, I called this in the, in the show, piercing moments. Mm -hmm. you know, had the piercing moments you've had, have they taken you farther away from God? See, David's didn't. David actually made him lament because he was pushed farther away from God, he thought. But he's even despite his pushing, he was still leaning to, he was begging God to get him back. I, I, I think his desire to get back is what God, maybe God had decided to get rid of David all along. You remember Hezekiah, Isaiah came up and told Hezekiah, he says, you know, Isaiah was sent up by God and said, Hezekiah, you're going to die. You're a loser. God wants you gone. New one, new king. And then Hezekiah rolls over and says, how will I praise you, Lord, if I die? Isaiah is about out of the castle. And God says, go back and tell him I heard what he said. I saw his tears and I saw his heart. And he went back and told him, he said, I'm going to give you 15 more years. 
Because I really saw you love me, you know? I think that's another one of those I want to hear about. Yeah, I do too. But maybe David maybe David was in trouble. You know, he'd done bad things, and Uriah hit tight and all this stuff. And, and maybe Absalom was just, you know, you reap what you sow. Son's not going to push you out. Should have raised your son better. He saw you killing Amanda. He saw you killing a man to sleep with his wife. So what's what, what's a son with? What would a son think's wrong with, you know, pushing a dad out just to sleep with his concubines? Well, it was David's choice to repent of that, or to he did, but yeah. th- th- but his son still saw something else. But he, there was a chance he wouldn't have repented, right? I know, but I'm just yeah. putting all this together no, to say I'm saying D- David could have rightly deserved to be pushed out. You could yeah, argue that right. David didn't deserve the king, and even though he repented, he got he didn't deserve it. So, no. but when he got out right. there, he has all this beauty. Let me go back to the beauty here. He, he has all this beauty. And God sees he's not satisfied with that. He just wants back into the the, the drink of God's plan. He, he's thirsty. He's hungry as a deer pants. You yeah, know? And I think good. I think God gives David a has, maybe maybe he wasn't planning on letting him go back in. He said, "I changed my mind." Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to give him because remember, uh, Absalom gets two counsels. He sent somebody back to give him one counsel, and somebody and he says, "Ah, don't go after David. David's men." And, and, and the guy that was David's insider said. Don't what he said. Don't go after David's men. They're powerful and they're strong warriors, and they're used to this. They'll they'll kick your butt. He gave him. He didn't give him ungodly counsel. He gave him the right counsel. Then the kid said the other the, the, the young counselor said to Absalom, "Go after him and show him that you're stronger than you know whatever." And 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 you know, Absalom could have gone. Yeah, I'm going to listen to this, but no, he went with the young counsel. He also made a choice, mm-hmm. and he went after and, and he got his tail kicked. He got killed. He ended up getting caught in the tree and, you know, Joab killed him. Yeah. And, and David didn't want him killed. No. I mean, and David, despite that, still was willing to take his medicine. Yeah. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. David got back in. He walks back in, gets his throne back, gets everything back. It's just an amazing story. Love it? Yep. Yeah. It, w- the key, I think, for us getting through things is keeping connected to God, keeping a relationship firm. Yep. I think it's what I say. And, and then Psalm 46, we're getting real close to where, we, where we've just been coming from in the last couple episodes, part eight, uh, mighty fortresses are God. Uh, that, that was about another amazing battle. Um, that's the one that we, that we said was said was soprano courses. God is our refuge and strength. It's not a refuge and strength. They're always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble. And so this is the one Psalm that starts off with like, like calamity. And then what's interesting is it it shifts from talking about godly calamity, then it starts talking about uh, nations. Verse six: the nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble, and God voice thunders, and it begins to talk about uh, human destruction and geopolitical destruction. And then finally, uh, it gets into the last part of it. Um, it gets into come now and see the glorious work of the Lord and see how He brings destruction. It's the final judgment, the the the, the, the end time where God will will cause wars to end and the and the bow uh, the bow I say it again the the, <laughs> the bow and the snaps of the spear and so basically we learn in this almighty fortresses are God sermon uh, Psalm of forty six that it's the root of the psalm or the song a mighty fortresses are God we learn that our God Emmanuel is with us whether whether the issue we're in is I'm trying to find my slide on this I don't see the one. I'm, one I really wanted, whether the, whether the thing is a, a, a oh here it is yeah yeah what whether the battle we face is natural or whether we like an earthquake or a hurricane or whether the battle we're facing is a geopolitical thing caused by man or whether it's a spiritual battle, 
our God is able to handle all those and be our anchor in it. Mm -hmm. I don't think we always appreciate in the Psalms that God can handle our man-made problems, our earthquake world, <laughs> our weather problems, and God can actually handle uh, our end time problems if we're right with him. Yeah. And the key is, is the decision, our solution, our, our, our God is our solution to overcome those problems. Mm -hmm. And the key is, is that, that he, is to have that relationship with him and that he is our, I think I hear, let me show this one. He, he's really our game changer in this, his presence, his presence in our life is terror to our enemies. It's the deliverance from, from disaster. He's our healer and our deliverer from our own sickness. And uh, I love that. And if God is forced, Romans eight thirty one. Who can be against us? I mean, that's what David's trying to help us to understand, not in Romans, but but in a Psalm way, he's trying to tell us that with God as your friend, a mighty fortress is your God. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I got a chance, Beth and I got a note today, uh, this morning, we woke up to a note from our, 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 well, my big brother in the Lord, Shane Bishop, telling me that Melissa, you know, her first check after three months of cancer treatment, she's finished with her cancer treatment. Her first three months is clear. Wow. That was our opening thing this morning. He yeah, he wrote just the two of us. I'm sure he wrote a lot of other people, but we were in a private feed and he said, I want my I want you guys to know this morning that Melissa's test for her first three months is she's clear. That's and, awesome. and and you you know that for, then she'll get another one in three months and another one in nine months and another one a year. And the, I, I was gonna ask if anyone asked today because they were celebrating, but there's a the doctors will have told them after we get past three years or two years or certain there's a certain time when we, we start really feeling much better. Mm -hmm. Like when when our friend Dr. Parks had his cancer, they he had a fast-growing type cancer, and they said, well, the three, the six, the 18, but th that two-year line is going to tell us a lot. And I remember when he went across the two-year line, now he went across the three-year line. So. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and you know, if, if you haven't, because it, it's so fast-growing, if we haven't seen it back in two, it's probably gone. In three, it's probably definitely gone. So I, I don't know what that is for her, but I know to get that test clear, I, we just celebrated with him today. Yeah. And, you know, so whether your battle is you're facing cancer, whether you're facing uh, a battle with natural disaster, geopolitical stuff, our solution is trusting the Lord. And I love how they've carried themselves through. I love how Shane and Melissa have carried themselves through mm -hmm. the process of this. You know, how we carry ourselves through the process of this tells us whether or not God is a mighty fortress for us. Yeah. And, and really, you just got to get behind God and let him be the fortress. Yeah. I love the line in this, though, him. Uh uh, let's see. Oh, that's that's the that's the that's did we in our own strength confide? I want to find the better the better version of him. But it's one. Uh, our, our 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 God is a mighty fortress, a bulwark never failing. That that's in the old hymn. A bulwark. It's like a fortress wall that never mm. fails. We need to get behind God and trust God. So that's what Psalm forty six was about. Uh, let's get down to our last two. We're, we're gonna run out of time here. Creating me a clean heart. Uh, I think that's we all know that one. Yep. we'll be short on that one. But, but the, the key with it is, is what David wanted you to know that a purified life is the only way to see and know God, to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Um, go spend some time with Psalm 51. Yeah. Go back and listen to our show. Go spend some time with yourself. Go spend some time with some of the music that comes out of Psalm 51. And you will learn very quickly that God just wants to have a relationship with you. And, 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 the clean heart of this is because David's filthy because he has done the thing with Bathsheba. He's destroyed Uriah the Hittite and David's out of line. And the whole Psalm is the fact that you can be done. You can have done your worst thing. Psalm 51. 
your worst thing. And you are but repentance away from a salvation change that can bring joy back to your soul. Mm-hmm. It doesn't undo the damage you did, but it begins to restore a, a, a new path for you. And David finds that, and he just doesn't, uh, Psalm 51 is so powerful because he, de- he just doesn't talk about it. He writes a hymn about his worst social disaster, yeah. who he slept with, what he did, and the murder he used to cover it up. He doesn't hide it. The king of Israel writes a song about it so everybody will know that God is the way out of your worst nightmare. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's, I mean, if we could all get the fact that God is your worst way out of your nightmare, then we figure that out. And our last episode, you can go watch that. We cannot express to you much here as much here on the doc, as you know, is that you are loved by God. Psalm 139. Go listen to that. We just did it. Go back one episode and check it out. But he, he knows God. We covered how Psalm 139 breaks. It's a long Psalm. He knows what you do, where you go, your purpose, what you think, you know, your choice to love and whether you are doing that with his heart and mind and desire, are you putting those things together? And I think if you look at everything, I want to summarize up kind of what we said here. I think it all comes back to this graphic right here. It goes back to Psalm one. There's there's, we can be wicked people or godly people. We can be people following our own way or we can people, people that follows God's way. We can be people that have a destiny that that is going to where we desire or we can go where God desires. And we just have to decide who has my best interest, mm-hmm. who has your best interest. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times our will fights with ourselves and with God over what's who's got my best. Who has Troy's best interest? Is it me and my limited thinking or would it be my creator with infinite thinking for why he created me. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get back to me because, well, it's me, it's happening, it hurts me, it's <laughs> me in this moment, I'm getting wet or I'm hungry or I need this. Or is God just using this moment to prepare me to handle something that I, am I being tempered right now for what God is preparing me for tomorrow? And if I shortchange that tempering, will I have the stamina to hold what he would like to me hold at the next level? Hmm. I'm not saying that every problem I have is God given, but I'm saying God knows my future and he goes before me and what I can't handle. He can handle. He's yep. my mighty fortress. Right. Yep. And, and what I need to handle, he'll stand behind me and he'll give me wisdom and courage. We have two people, two ways, two destinies. And, and we have to decide how we're going to walk that out or who we're going to let lead us through it. And I, I, I really think it's still Lucas, the whole concept of God, like you shared in the passion in uh, the last episode was if we think about God being blessable and we let God go before us and lead us, yeah. we have to decide is the God who leads us and loves us. Does he have my best interest in mind? That's greater than myself. Oh, always is greater. Is he that is in me than he is in the world? Does the guy I let in me, Jesus Christ, does he really have my better self? Mm. And, to die to myself is admitting that. Mm-hmm. Have I died to myself? And if I'm trying to control too much of that, did I die to myself? I think a lot of us try to have our cake and eat it, and I'm not sure we can always do that. God enjoys, I'm gonna say this last time, 
God enjoys your life, but you must be blessable. Yeah. And that's whether you're in Psalm 1 or in Psalm 139. All these Psalms seem to have that park in the road and uh, you have to make a decision. And, and David gives us different ways to look at it from his worst day of being kicked out by his son to the acknowledgement of his worst sin to just some days where he just talks about all the different things God's given him in victory or just what it means to stand in the presence of God's uh, ark or what it means to come into the temple. He gives us lots of ways to look at it, but in the bottom line, we just have to have clean hands and a pure heart. And to have a clean hands and a pure heart means we have to have hands and hearts that follow God mm-hmm. because his ways yeah. are the ways that lead to righteousness. Right. So it's not, it's not as complex. I, I, I really think, again, this graphic here, I think the two sides, if we really think about it, I guess everybody here already knows which side you'd rather be on. Right. But the choice is still yours. And sometimes we fight awful hard to be on the right side of that, on the rough side of that. I just don't know why we do that. I think the devil tricks us and deceives us. Yeah. And I, John 10.10 says, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Hmm. Don't let him trick you out of your life. Yep. Don't let him convince you have a better plan. If you had a better plan, we wouldn't need God. You know? And we wouldn't have needed Jesus Christ. So I hope you, I, something to think about. I, what, what have you learned? Anything special you've learned in the Psalms as we've covered them this time? Anything unique? Anything special, guys? I don't know if there's anything special, but I think it's just a good reminder of how omnipresent and faithful he always is, right? I mean, even, absolutely. Even when you do hide and come back. I think it's amazing yeah. how God's got us if we'll let him have us. If, right. if we'll sit down with him and lean into him, I love the fact that he's inclined back to us. How about you, Mother Beth, as we wrap up? You anything else to add? I don't think I have you anything You look clueless. Else. You're like, like, I'm out of here. I don't have anything else to add, I don't think. Well, was good. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Go back like and listen to all the... What, you, mictum? <laughs> mictum, I like that word. <laughs> mictum. Mictum to be covered, the atoning covering. Of I enjoyed God. the Psalms though. Yeah. I've enjoyed your your sermon series on it. I've enjoyed talking about well, it. We encourage you to go watch the sermon series on this back in the summer of twenty two. Go watch that. Yeah, That's volume so two. But there's good. also a volume one to this for the other seven Psalms we did back in the previous year. And you'll find those also on the doc. Go check it out. So we've now covered seventeen Psalms. And hopefully someday there'll be a volume three project. We'll see what happens with that. Maybe a year from now or so we'll get excited about doing the Psalms again. Hope you've enjoyed it. We've got some great new shows coming up for you. So check those out. And just as a reminder, every Tuesday and Thursday they're coming out. So watch this series, but get ready for the next one. Go to onthedoc.org to find out more about those shows. Go back and watch some of the other ones from season one as well and season two. We'd love to have you do that. Go to info at onthedoc.org. If you've got any email questions and you can find us our archives are actually on YouTube. You can find them also at SermonNet. And you can also go to COFT, uh, not COFTV.com. Go to onthedoc.org. It, <laughs> goes, to the, it goes to the SermonNet site. Yeah. We have an archive available there at On The Doc. You can go to YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Roku, and Rumble. Some of those will be harder to find the archives on, but definitely YouTube, definitely SermonNet, uh, and definitely at onthedoc.org. So when you find those, hit subscribe, like, notify. You can go back and subscribe, hit like, notify, and share old episodes. It kind of brings them back around again. I've seen some of those pop 
back up. We'd love to have you as a partner or a friend of the show. Go check that out, how you can do that at my Patreon. And as always, we'd love to have you at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings at Community Faith Church, 6.30 on Wednesdays. Come out and join us. Southern Illinois, we're in Marion. Check us out at coftv.com. We'd love to have you. If not here, there, go find a place where you can go to church and be filled with the joy of God and get into the Psalms. Dig into these Psalms. Go check them out. We hope you've enjoyed it. Mother Beth, thank you so much. Lucas. Yeah, here, honey. And we are signing out here. We'll see you back soon with new shows, new episodes. And you have been on the dock with Pastor Troy.